Welcome to the Radiant Podcast. We are so glad you joined us today. This podcast features messages, interviews, and discussions from Radiant Church located in Seneca, South Carolina. For more information about Radiant, visit RadiantChurchSC.com. Here's today's episode. Hey, welcome to Radiant Church. I'm Andrew. I'm a lead pastor, and we're so glad you could join us today from wherever you're watching or listening from. If this is your first time joining us, hey, go to RadiantChurchSC.com and click I'm new. If you fill out that short form online for us as a way of saying thanks, we're going to donate $5 to one of those nonprofits that you see listed on your screen. Well, right now at Radiant Church, we're in the middle of our second 21 days of prayer season. Now, we do these every year, first in January. January to start the year. Then we do them again in August as a way to reset. You know, the, we're going to finish the year strong, right? It's right before school starts. The holidays are on the horizon. So like, what we want you to do is we want you to join us in this season of prayer. Ask God for his guidance to give you a word for you, your family, and of course your church community. Now as part of this 21 days of prayer season, we're going to walk through a teaching series on prayer called the Book of Prayers. The Bible has so many different types of prayers and patterns for prayer that are in it as well, but I think most of the time we tend to stick to whatever is familiar to us, right? Whatever familiar pattern that we know really well. Uh, maybe we shy away from prayer because perhaps we're not sure how to pray, where to start, that kind of thing. And so our theme verse in this series, I think it captures the idea of prayer pretty well. It comes from Ephesians chapter 6. And so in Ephesians 6:18, Paul writes to uh, these Christians and says this: pray in the spirit at all times on every occasion. Stay alert, be persistent, I like that word, in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So last week we looked at how to approach God in prayer with a teaching called the prayer of Moses. Now when Moses and Israel were wandering in the desert, there was a temporary place of worship known as the tabernacle that was set up to experience God's presence. And there were multiple areas you would pass through on your way to where the Ark of the Covenant was, where God's presence uh, dwelled at. Each of these different areas could serve as, as a reminder for just how to approach God in your prayer life. Like we approach God with, with thanks and praise. Uh, we focus on the cross. We find his promises and his word. We do that, right? We worship his name, all those types of things. And you can catch that teaching online if you missed it last week. It's going to give you all kinds of great ideas on how to approach God in your prayer life. But this week, we're going to go to an Old Testament book called First Chronicles. Now, it's, it's part of a, a two-volume set, the second book being <laughs> creatively called Second Chronicles, all right? It resembles First and Second Kings a little bit, but what makes the Chronicles different is they were written by uh, a guy named Ezra after the famous exile. The Jewish people had begun to leave Persia, which had been taken over by, you know, taken over Babylon, and they, they began to return back to Israel. So among them was this priest named Ezra, who I mentioned a second ago, and he was responsible for teaching the people of God all over again about, you know, who God was and how to worship the Lord, because they had very little knowledge of who God was at that point. So what Ezra does is he writes this two-volume set, starting with the genealogies that were important back then, and ending with the last king of Judah before the exile period. And he emphasizes the spiritual condition of the people and the kings because he wants to remind the Jews about how they wound up in exile to begin with. So a lot of First Chronicles contains the genealogies that I mentioned. And you read, you know, this guy was the father of that guy who was the son of this person over here. And you read that for multiple chapters. And then you get out of nowhere in First Chronicles 4, 
you get this little break. There's a man named Jabez. Now listen to what Ezra has to say about this guy named Jabez. First Chronicles 4, 9 through 10. There was a man named Jabez who was more honorable than any of his brothers. And his mother named him Jabez because his birth had been so painful. He was the one who prayed to the God of Israel. Oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do and keep me from all trouble and pain. And God granted him his request. Now, we know very little about Jabez. Like, what you read is kind of what you got. Yet, there's this little blip in the genealogies. It's pretty, actually pretty powerful. So, let's start with his name. Let's just start with the, with the name Jabez. Pain, that's what his name is. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine calling your kid Pain? Like, that was the actual name. Now, some of you guys call your kids a pain for a lot of other reasons. But, but his birth was so troubling, his mom did not come up with a name like David or Joseph or Bob. Like, she, she called him Pain. That's a tough label to carry for the rest of your life, isn't it? Like your mom literally names you pain and you're a constant reminder of the pain and struggle that she went through every time she looks at you. You know, some of you guys, man, like you're carrying labels that others have given you too. You've carried these things for years. They can be labels that people have put on you. They can be labels that certain situations have placed on your life. And can I just tell you, man, today that, that you are not what your label says you are. You are so much more than that. Jabez was more than the label of pain. And so, in fact, he, he doesn't even cry out to God about that. What Jabez does, he, does, he doesn't cry out to God about his pain. He cries out about the, the promise. He asks God to bless him, not for prosperity or success, but in the Hebraic sense. His prayer for blessing was essentially, God, give me the things you have that I don't have. Give me the things that you want for me. And as he focused on the Lord with his prayer, God heard it and answered it. Now, Jabez's prayer provides a great uh, pattern for what to pray for each day. We looked at approaching God in prayer last week, and now we're going to be turning our attention on what we can pray for, and it starts with this right here, this first step. Pray for blessing. Pray for blessing. Jabez prays, oh, that you would bless me. In other words, God, if you bless me with the things you, you have that I don't have, man, I will do more for you. The Hebrew understanding of blessing was not material. It wasn't God giving you health and wealth and long life. The understanding of blessing was rooted in this idea that God would stoop down from heaven and pour into your life something you don't have, which could only come from Him. Material blessing is fine. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's a very short-sighted perspective on what blessing is. God wants so much more for you than material things. He wants to give you ideas. He wants to bless you with favor. He wants to open doors for you that, that couldn't be open otherwise. Psalm 18 puts it like this. You've given me your shield of victory. Your right hand supports me and your help has made me great. Blessing from God is the Lord coming to you from his throne in heaven and imparting something within you that lifts you up. It, it, it listen, like we're, we're not into the health and wealth, name it, claim it kind of thing here at Radiant Church. Some of you guys might put a lot more stock into that than I do. But again, I think that's a really short-sighted view. God wants to bless you in ways you just can't even begin to imagine. And the blessing he wants to give you is never for yourself. Can I tell you that today? That God will always intend his blessing to be used by you for the benefit of other people. In Genesis 12, the Lord's speaking to Abraham, and he tells him this. Genesis chapter, chapter 12, uh, verse number 2. He says, I'll make you into a great nation, and I'll bless you and make you famous. And look at this last part. You'll be a blessing to others, a blessing 
to others, right? Generations of people. God wants to bless you, to give you more, not for your own benefit, but for others. He gives you what you need, and then He overflows, right? He blesses you so that out of that overflow, out of that blessing, others may be impacted by what He has done in your life. God is looking for people, not to simply give to, but to bless through. We want to be a church of blessing as well. We want to be a church that meets the needs of others. And I really believe, this is a long-term vision here, I believe that God can make Radiant Church debt-free. Like the largest debt we have as a church is our mortgage. Most churches, you know, they, they, they have that, right? They have, they have mortgages, and we assume the mortgages uh, of the previous church when we started Radiant, you know, we didn't have this building, we inherited this building. And I, I don't mind telling you what our mortgage is, it's a little bit over $400,000, okay? Now, I believe, that we can be debt free one day. What would that mean for us as a church to be debt free? It would mean everything, right? Like everything we have coming in would be going out. You know, it would mean we can bless people in our community and our world through missions in amazing ways. Like we want to give back. We want to be difference makers. We don't want to be saddled down with debt. Man, there's so much vision that we have for Radiant Church. I, I can't even begin like this just to share this with you. It, it would overwhelm you if I started to share you everything that I, I believe God's put in our hearts. It would blow your mind if you think about it. You'd say, Pastor Andrew, this is wild, like you're crazy. And that's because we're in the earliest days of our church right now. And it's so hard to see how we could get to a place where we could do what I think God really wants us to do as a church. It just seems so far if we, if we ever get there type kind of thing. But I will tell you this, we're not adopting the attitude of, well, we have needs like yeah we do have needs like I'm a realist man like we've got them but that's not our attitude our attitude is gonna be we're a church that has blessing like we're gonna bless other people and we will start with what little we have and go from there because we're going to walk and live in a mindset and attitude of blessing and abundance not need and scarcity why because we serve a great God who desires to bless us so we can bless other people as well so when you pray, ask for God's blessing. Maybe it maybe sounds like this, perhaps. Hey, Lord, give me more than what I need so I can be a blessing to the world around me. Now, Jabez prays for something else, too. It's not just for blessing. He prays, expand my territory, right? We, we, we pray for blessing, but we also pray for influence. You pray for influence. A lot of folks want to win the lottery. You know, like, you know how many times I've been told by people over the years, hey, pastor, if I win that lotta, I'm giving to the church, man. I'm tired that I'm helping with this thing and that thing. And, you know, maybe, maybe. Here's the bigger question. If you have more, what do you do with it? What will you do with it? See, Jabez's prayer for blessing and expansion it shows he has a heart to do, for more, you know, to do more. Like our own capacity is not enough. If we ask God to stretch us, to take us to places bigger than ourselves, to enlarge our influence, then we can do infinitely more for the Lord. And some of you may not realize this today, but God has made you available, uh, or has made available to you, a life that is far bigger than just what you can see right in front of you. See, some of you have a life that isn't all that right now, because your life is all about you. But did you know the happy people are not those without problems like we all have problems we'll never have a, a problem free life that doesn't exist happiest people are those who have a purpose and who live a life which goes beyond themselves truly successful people aren't those of money and less problems they're individuals who have watch this a clear purpose a clear purpose 
Let me take you to the letter that Paul wrote to the Ephesians. Let's go back there again, okay? It's where our theme verse comes from. And listen to what he says about purpose from the first chapter. Ephesians 1.18. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. What's Paul praying for? He's praying for clarity and purpose. That's the hope that God has given to those he called that Paul talks about. You'll never know hope until you know your calling or your purpose. Hope and purpose are inseparable. If you, if you don't have hope, it means you don't have a purpose or you aren't sure what your purpose is. The two go hand in hand. And what is this purpose that Paul, God has given the Ephesians point to? Well, it points to a, a rich and glorious inheritance. But that inheritance isn't material wealth. It's people. It's people. Your purpose is people. The goal of everything you're doing, the end goal of serving is not the function itself, it's the person on the other side of that function. Like when you lead a group this fall at Radiant Church, you're not leading a group to have influence and leverage, you're leading it because your goal is to build up other people and help them grow in their walk and faith with Christ and each other. Like you serve in Radiant Kids because your goal is to raise the next generation to know the Lord. You open your home to neighbors and coworkers because the hospitality they'll experience will give them a taste of the love and heart of God the Father. Like your purpose is people. So ask God to help you influence others in your life. God's given you a purpose. And until you find it, you will wander aimlessly in this life, dissatisfied with everything you try. Nothing's going to stick. Nothing's going to be good. Nothing, nothing will last long enough. So when you pray for influence, pray, Lord, show me your purpose for my life so I can live a, a life that's bigger than my own. Think big things for God's kingdom, have a vision for that kingdom, and pray for purpose. But then pray for something else that Jabez lists as well. In his prayer, he says, Lord, please give me, uh, please be with me in all that I do. We pray for blessing, we pray for influence, and then we pray for presence. Pray for presence. What God is asking you to do is always going to be too big for you, so you need to ask God's presence to be with you. Shortly after Paul became a follower of Jesus, he was sent to, to Antioch. Now, not too much earlier, he'd been responsible for the persecution of countless Christians. He'd watch with approval as Stephen became the first Christian to die for his faith, and now he travels to this city in Syria to preach about Jesus. Jesus and minister to others. And it was a task that was just too big for him alone to do. And the author of Acts makes this note. 21, the power of the Lord was with them, and a large number of these Gentiles believed and turned to the Lord. God's purpose for you is too much for you alone. He'll lead you to places and territory that are unfamiliar to you because you've never been there. And I mean, honestly, like that, that's part of our story, right? Like there aren't too many people who've planted a church. I didn't have a long list of guys that I could talk to about that, you know, and, and, and nobody, I, I mean, no one living right now had planted a church in the middle of a pandemic and all the craziness that came with that in 2020. And so our, our sending organization actually told us, I remember being on the phone call with them, on the video call, everything we taught you, it doesn't really apply right now. Like, so why don't you tell us what you're doing? Cause we don't know how to help you. Like <laughs> that was what the call was. Moses felt a little like this. God told him to go back to Egypt. 
to be a deliverer for Israel and to lead them to the promised land. Well, Moses had never done that. There wasn't some kind of manual teaching you how to lead millions of people. Like several times in the journey, God was angry with Israel. And they threatened to wipe everyone out and start over with Moses. And with each intervention, Moses, he would plead for mercy. You know, in fact, like during one of those prayers, Moses would plead to God you know, that he would go with them. But he, well, here's what he says, Exodus 33, verse number 15. Then Moses said, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. How will anyone know that you look favorably on me? me and on your people if you don't go with us. For your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people on the earth. Moses prayed for God's presence. Jesus, during the final night with his disciples, he, he tells them that, that while he's leaving them, another person's coming. God's presence will take a, a different form. And so he says this in, in John chapter 16. When the spirit of truth comes, he'll guide you in all truth. And he will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he's heard. He will tell you about the future, and he will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. And all that belongs to the Father is mine. And this is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. Man, what, what, what is that? What is he explaining here? Well, he's telling his followers the Holy Spirit is coming. This is a picture of God's presence, which is with us now today as followers of Christ. So when you find yourself in situations that are too big for you, the Spirit tells you what to say and where to go and how to act and what to expect. God, God is with you. So pray, Lord, be with me because what you call me to do is too big for me. There's one last thing that Jabez asks for in his prayer. I think it's particularly important. He asked this, says, keep me from all trouble and pain. Pray for blessing, pray for influence, pray for presence, but also pray for protection. Pray for protection. I can confidently say that Shana and I have never been under more spiritual attack than when we stepped out in faith to start Radiant Church. Now, I don't say that to gain sympathy points. I say it because I want you to know spiritual conflict is real. So when you step out in faith, whether it's a big step or a small step, it doesn't matter, you get a target placed on your back. And the enemy comes at you with everything that he's got. That Peter describes it like this, 1 Peter 5, 8. Stay alert, right? Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Don't treat the devil like he's a figment of your imagination or some kind of myth. He's very real. Darkness is very real. Demonic entities are very real. And we need divine protection from the Holy Spirit as we live out our lives in faith. The enemy likes to roar a lot. He shows his teeth. He makes a lot of noise. And if you're not careful, you'll make the wrong decision in the midst of all of that noise and chaos. See, that's what lions do when they hunt. Like, they stalk their prey, and we know that. But then they roar, and that roar throws the animals, the prey, into confusion, right? They begin to, to take off, scattering, and the, the, the ones that get picked off are the ones who respond in panic and uncertainty. They make for really easy targets. Don't be an easy target. Know you're more than a conqueror through Christ. Look at what Paul says in Romans 8, 35. Can anything separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake, we're killed every day. We're like sheep being slaughtered. No, despite all these things, 
overwhelming, what was that? Overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. If God is for you, man, nothing and nobody can come against you. Walk in victory today. Walk in the protection that God brings. Pray, Lord, strengthen me and protect me from every attack of the enemy. Jabez prayed for blessing and influence and presence and protection. And what did God do? Well, he granted his request. You have two choices when it comes to prayer. You, you can make it all about you. You can pray for your past and your pain, your problems. You can give God that laundry list full of stuff that you want done. Or you can talk to God about what I think he wants to talk about, how he can bless you and open up doors that nobody else can, how he can give you influence to reach other people, how, how his spirit brings his presence with you wherever you go, how his protection enables you to live out a life of faith and do what he's asked you to do. See, Jabez didn't talk about his pain. He didn't, he didn't focus on that. He talked about the promise. Prayer works best when we realize that prayer is not about God moving towards us. It's about us moving towards God. Put it this way, prayer doesn't change God, buddy, but it does change you. Can I pray with you here today? Father, I thank you for those who are watching and listening. Thank you for those, God, who are saying, man, I want to step up my prayer life here today. I, I need to pray for some things. I, I've got some blessing, some doors I want opened up. I, I need protection in my life so I can boldly live out my faith. You know, I, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm praying for influence so I can impact other people for God's glory and kingdom. Hey, Lord, I need your presence to be with me wherever I go. I need that reminder today. Lord, whatever it is these, these folks need who are watching listening today, God, may you grant that. May our hearts be full of simple prayers like what Jabez prayed, and yet our hearts full of great devotion and passion for you. And we be a blessing to other people and do more with what you've given us. When we, when we walk by faith in the situations that are just far too big for us to handle, maybe have your presence guide us every step of the way. May your influence, God, impact people for your kingdom and the folks who we come across. Help us, Lord, to be uh, individuals, man, who will boldly take on the enemy and, and withstand his attacks and, and take back ground, Lord, from him that maybe he sees ground in our friends' lives, our families' lives, our work, our schools, our communities, Lord. Take it back. Help us to have that boldness as we walk and live under the protection of the Holy Spirit. God, I thank you that prayer changes us. Every time we pray, we're reminded of how great you are. Every time we pray, God, we're reminded of how small we are, insignificant we are, God. It's, it's, it's a humbling effect. May it always change our hearts and our lives and bring us into greater alignment with you and to closer walk with you. We thank you and praise you. We ask all this in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or would like to reach out to us, you can do so by emailing us at media at radiantchurchsc.com or visit one of our social accounts on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes and give us a five-star rating on the podcast platform that you listen to. We hope you have an amazing rest of your day.